Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Thanks for joining us here on Disciple Making. Once again, I'm here with my friend Tim Beadle. And we're looking forward to talking a little bit about something called multiplication. I know Tim has a passion about this because it is really an inherent topic, an inherent subject tied to disciple making. Uh, So, Tim, just explain, first of all, what you mean by multiplication and what are you comparing it to or contrasting it with? Yeah, so, so under the heading of disciple making... Uh, you know, you can add add to something. One plus one equals two, or you can start multiplying. Two times two equals four, and then when it just continues to multiply, you have this exponential growth of whatever is being multiplied. Uh, let me give you a practical example. It's called the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> it started somewhere in China, apparently, with one person, but then it started to spread. And that one person didn't spread it to everyone who caught it. But there was a transmission rate where if you caught the virus, you became a carrier and you could spread it to multiple people and so on and so on. So within a year, it spread around the world. I know in the United States alone, 500,000 deaths. Like that, that's the exponential impact of something that spreads by multiplication rather than addition. And I suppose uh, somewhere along the line, in terms of disciple making, uh, we have to really understand when Jesus commissioned his disciples to go into the world and make disciples, was that a model based on addition or multiplication? Hmm. And so so that's where I'm coming from in terms of my growing awareness of the teaching of Scripture and just, just the practical implications of looking at the world, how things grow and develop. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you look at fruit. <laughs> you know, the purpose of a fruit tree isn't just to provide fruit, but to provide seeds for multiple fruit trees. Right. And uh, if we're going to go right back to the Bible, to the start of this, we go back to the very heart and purpose of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did God create the heavens and the earth? Why did he create humanity in his image? Uh, when I worked with uh, young ministry students who wanted to be licensed by our denomination, and I would uh, lead an interview, I'd always start off by saying, tell me the story of the Bible. And for some reason, they'd always say, well, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And so there had to be a redeemer sent uh, to allow us to get back into fellowship with God. I said, well, that, that's not the beginning of the Bible. That, that's a couple chapters in. If we look at the actual story and heart of God, Darren, we see that God created man in his image so that he could have intimate fellowship with those who would become his children. And that's his desire, that one day a place called heaven will be populated with those who love him and serve him and and walk like Jesus in the meantime. And so when we look at the first commission given to Adam and Eve, uh, you know, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth and have dominion over it. 
most people I've talked to over the years, and myself including, uh, throughout most of my life, I, I looked at it as a simple biological commission. Uh, we got to fill this planet with people, so get get at it. <laughs> and before you know it, here's a model where multiplication happens. Uh, kids have kids who have kids who have kids. And if you live in Newfoundland, Canada, they got lots of kids. Hmm. Um, but let's go back a step. Uh, we're created in God's image, and God is not a physical being. Yes, Jesus took upon flesh upon himself. But we're spiritual beings created in the image of God. Therefore, if we are to be fruitful and multiply, every time a person is physically born, a new eternal you know, being with a spirit is now on the scene, as it were. And I, I think God's commission goes far beyond just procreating physically. It also talks about fulfilling his desire to create a people Spiritual beings in this physical world, as it were, that's who we are. When we die, we uh, will lose this body, we'll get another glorified body, but our spirit lives on. And so I think that's the essence, that when you think of the word, be fruitful and multiply, right from the garden, this has always been the plan of God, that we would be involved in multiplication, not only physically, but more importantly, spiritually. Uh, How do you respond to that? Well, so, so you're linking the creation mandate to the Great Commission in a sense. Yeah. You're saying, you know, the, the, the creation mandate is, Great Commission is an extension of that or a next level of that. What about the in-between? Do you link multiplication to, to you know, uh, the nation of Israel, the, the covenant with Abraham? Sure. Well, well, when you look at how God spoke to Abraham, uh, how do, can you remember in Scripture how God described the potential of Abraham's descendants? Do, do you remember what he said? Like the stars of the sky, father of many nations, all that, yeah. Yeah, like the sands sands on the seashore. Now, that doesn't happen by one person having one child and then going and impregnating someone else. It talked about this, this, this multiplication aspect that is born and ingrained into the design of God for his people. And uh, obviously, uh, Israel is a very small nation numerically, but... Uh, over the years, as God's chosen people, as it were, in the Old Testament, there's exponential worth and value, and uh, they were preserved, even though they could have been wiped out quite easily. Mm. But but when he talked about the uh, correlation between the, the two commissions, the one in the Old Testament and the Great Commission in the New Testament, uh, before I get into the New Testament, I, uh, I was just talking to our small group this this past week about theophanies, appearances of God in the Old Testament in human form. Hmm. And we know in the, in, in the Trinity, God the Father and the Spirit are spiritual beings who I don't believe ever have taken on human form. There's only God's Son, who we call Jesus, who took upon himself human form. And, and there's uh, numerous occasions in the Old Testament when, when God appeared as God to man in human form. And if you read in the uh, uh, you know, chapter three of Genesis, it says God was walking through the garden in the cool of the evening, and he called out to Adam and Eve. Uh, now, I don't want to stretch people's minds too far theologically, but uh, could it be that that was God's son? Mm. The same God's son that that uh, is our Savior Jesus, who walked the seashores of Galilee, and who on that Galilean hillside pronounced another commission of be fruitful and multiply, as it were. Uh, you know, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples. And that's a command to obey. And I and I believe, based on the bigger picture of God's plan for multiplication, that he would have a people who are called unto himself, that that uh, great commission involves not just making one disciple at a time, but training disciples how to make other disciples who would make other disciples as well. Okay. So, so yeah, you're, you're kind of moving towards where I was going to push you a little bit next and say, how would you then, it's an interesting progression where you talk creation mandate and the nation of Israel. It seems to me that even if we had a commission, the great commission, if there was, you know, addition or at least, you know, very slight, you know, additional multiplication, we'd be doing better than we're doing now. Uh, just, just show to me, just really prove that the Great Commission is a commission to multiply as opposed to I reproduce myself once I add someone, you know, I, I get married, my wife's a believer, my kids are believers. Uh, why do you say the commission calls for more than that? Well, you just, you know, you look at the world of nature and uh, basically, you know, animals have animals that have animals and more. And that, that's why we have growing flocks. And cattle, a thousand cattle on the hillside, scripture talks about. Uh, it's just a natural progression. If you look at a family tree, it starts with a stick in the ground. But before you know it, there's all kind of branches and expansion because of the principle of multiplication. And in the church, and I've said this uh, previously, uh, you know, churches don't create disciples that multiply. Uh, disciples create disciples that multiply. And unfortunately, I, I believe the reason we're even having this conversation today is that this hasn't been the normative experience in the local church. You know, way back in the 1950s, uh, when Billy Graham was uh, doing his crusades, he crossed paths with a man called Dawson Trotman, who is the founders of the Navigators Movement, a discipleship organization. Billy came to Dawson and said, Dawson, I've got all these people coming forward at the end of the crusades. I need your help that we have to help mature these people so that they can go on to reproduce others. Dawson Trotman, a year before he died, he died tragically. He drowned trying to save a swimmer in a lake and he died. And Billy Graham actually spoke at his funeral. But the year or so before he died, he wrote a piece that you can actually download from the internet. It's simply called Born to Reproduce oh, yes. by Dawson Trotman. And he said this, he said, remember nothing under heaven except sin, immaturity, and a lack of communion will put you in a position where you cannot reproduce spiritually. For, for Dawson Trotman, it, it just seemed natural that your life, well, I don't know how many your, your kids you have. I, I've got four and five grandkids. And, you know, if you just had one child and then they had one child and, you know, uh, our family trees wouldn't look very uh, full and uh, uh, prosperous. But it's because we have this ability, this genome as it is, to multiply. It isn't that we don't have the ability. Uh, we might not have the awareness. And unfortunately, it hasn't really been uh, exemplified by the North American church. Now, if you go to Africa and Korea, and even uh, portions of the Philippines, the church is exploding. Uh, and I, I've got a friend, Dan Skitch, over in Thailand. And, uh, you know, he's he's leading people to the Lord. And then they're going to bring their friends in the droves. Yeah. 
uh, to find Jesus. And, and there's a movement of an exponential movement. I believe uh, directly that, that that's what Jesus had in mind and taught his followers in the Gospels. You know, he calls the four and then the 12 unto himself. And then the next time you, you see him sending out 72, where did those other 60 come from? And then you hear about the 500, uh, like that's called multiplication. Yeah. So you're basically, you're, you're making the point that multiplication is inherent to disciple making. That the disciple yeah. making call is a call to multiply, not just to add. It's not just about me going and reaching someone and then maybe reaching somebody else. That that's, that's, it's bigger than that. Well, and I think that's been the pattern of the church. You know, we do one by one. But I believe that's because we don't walk with the, the new disciple of Jesus until they fully mature and understand their potential to repeat the cycle. Um, and, and that's been my experience more in the last five years that uh, I'm trying to disciple everyone <laughs> towards maturity so that they can co- you know, complete the cycle. And, and there's so much pleasure in this. You know, Jesus in, in uh, John 15, uh, 16 he says, I have, a cho- I have chosen and appointed you to bear fruit, much fruit, fruit that will last. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think of those words of Jesus and his command that follows to love everyone, you, you think of the parable of the sowers, that, that the good soil that accepts the seeds, it doesn't produce a crop of one, <laughs> but it talks about hundreds uh, because it's inherent uh, within not only those plants and seeds in agriculture, but also the spiritual seeds that, that we have within us. So unless you know that uh, green of uh, that seed of green falls into the ground and dies, it, it won't produce a harvest. But all the way through scripture, we actually see the picture of multiplication and exponential growth based on multiplication. Early in the... Um, uh, Book of Acts, it talks about, uh, you know, numbers were added. But after that, we see it multiplied to the point that by Constantine, uh, the entire world was almost considered Christian. That didn't happen by addition. That happened by multiplication. Right now, Tim, as you know, I'm doing an evangelism training. And evangelism is obviously a part of disciple making. It's not the full picture. We've often maybe seen it as a full picture. Yeah. So, so let's assume some people get trained in evangelism and they, you know, learn how to share the gospel with a friend and the friend comes to faith. That's yeah. addition. That's reproduction addition. And that's accomplished by training people to share their faith and, and do that. What do we do differently to move from addition to multiplication? Like tactically on the ground, how do we move from that? Because the truth is just getting people to step one of reproducing is a challenge. It is. But what do we do yeah. differently than to move to multiplication? Yeah, and this is this is hard. You know, it, it's hard to create momentum when there is no momentum. Um, when you have momentum, things start moving uh, more rapidly, especially if you have the capacity and the will to do that. Uh, currently, there's a real backlog in Canada for receiving these uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And there came a time when both of those companies had to stop shipping vaccines to Canada because they had to retool their factories so that they could exponentially create more. I think in our lives, uh, most of us are in families. So God has placed us into an environment where we can actually see how multiplication can work. 
we do it by raising kids and grandkids. But but why haven't we seen that in, in the heart of God, that has given us, uh, you know, the, 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 the wonderful, as it were, living laboratory to, to see how multiplication works spiritually as well. Uh, I see very few churches that uh, have allowed their leaders to actually spend time doing this. We're all just busy doing programs. And that's because we believe that just by putting people in programs, they'll become disciple makers. That that I, I am convinced with conviction that that simply doesn't happen. Mm. So, so therefore, I think um, we need to go back to the drawing board and understand, you know, if you had a checkerboard, you know, 64 squares, I believe, eight by eight, if you put a penny on square one and then doubled it, two cents, four cents, eight cents, 16, you, you know what, you know how much money you have by the 64th square, you got a million dollars. <laughs> I think you got a lot more than that, actually. Yeah. Is that right? Well, I, I stopped counting at a million, but you know what? Uh, we always think that uh, the Great Commission is so out of reach in the world. Hmm. Um but if you started with with the same principle, one person, two people, you know, how many years would it take? Yeah. Uh, no, of course, everyone's not going to accept the Lord immediately, and there's different religions and things like that. But the task is not beyond our grasp, Darren. Mm. And so we, we need to grasp for those things beyond our reach. And it starts with the understanding that this actually is how God has planned for heaven to be populated, not one at a time. Uh, but that that multiple spiritual reproduction and multiplication would occur. Well, I want to I want to re-ask the question again. In a way, again, what do we do differently? Like the one thing I caught in your answer was there, like you know, staff in a church actually given time to make disciples as opposed to populating programs. That would be one, you yeah. know, practical change. Saying you know, as a part of your role, whatever it is, as yeah. a Christian leader, you have X number of hours a week that you're to be focused disciple making. What other yeah. kinds of things? should we be doing? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Uh, because my premise is, if you're not living it, you can't lead it. Hmm. And uh, there has to be a wake up call. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I love doing these podcasts with you, Darren, because I like challenging the status quo in a very respectful but biblical manner. We are being disobedient to God by not fulfilling the Great Commission. And by thinking we can just leave it to uh, church uh, leaders or programs and no, we are all entrusted. And so I believe, uh, well, I'll give my own example and testimony. You know, four years ago, I uh, wrote to my pastor after my diagnosis with terminal cancer when the Lord said, hey, let's look at your disciple-making family tree. And it looked like a telephone pole. And I wrote to my pastor and I said, can you give me three guys? And I'll meet with them for a year, every month, with the understanding that after a year, we're going to go and do this with others, three others each. So all of a sudden, there is me. And three other guys, that's four. But then at the end of the year, then then uh, we all go and find three more. Now there's 12. And even if you, if you kept doing that every you know couple of years, then the 12 find uh, you know three more. And you know now now, now you're up to uh, you know 30, 40, 50, and then you're up to 200. And that's multiplication. But it didn't start through church programs. It started through a burden on my heart to deconstruct what we do in church. Like, like church ministries are great, but uh, disciple-making doesn't occur by simply throwing someone into a 
a program more than just, you know, sending your kid to school, make sure they go every day. That doesn't mean that they're going to be educated yeah. is because there's people in that school system, our teachers who take a personal interest and help bring those kids to maturity so that they can teach others as well. So I think that's practically, uh, we don't bypass the programs. We, we walk parallel with them, but we each personally take upon ourselves one, two or three hmm. and we start modeling wherever they are in their spiritual walk and we learn together how spiritual reproduction takes place. Wow. And, and you know, there's there's a whole, to me, a yep. whole other room we could walk into there in terms of what actually you do with those people. Let's let's flag that, obviously. Yep. That's where I want to land, you know, get at some point very practically. I want, you know, if I want to move into just from evangelism to disciple making, what changes? Or, you know, if a, if a staff person at church was said, you've got 25% of your time for focused disciple making. What actually do they do? I, I don't want to exactly. dig into that right now, but let's let's flag that for uh, perhaps next time and and say that that's what we're going to unpack. How yeah. do I make a disciple? If I if I have this time, what do I do differently than just sharing the gospel, getting them to respond to Christ? How do I move into actual disciple making? Well, when you talk, you know, planting seeds, I, I trust that's what this podcast has served in a very respectful but uh, challenging manner. Is that uh, within your life you have been created in the very image of God and the commission for you to go into the world and make disciples is more than just a surface physical level. Um, You have the ability within you uh, to get involved in spiritual multiplication and in spiritual reproduction. And uh, I would invite you to continue with us as we continue to explore this on this disciple making journey together. Excellent. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to growing through it as well, Tim. Thanks for sharing. I know that's a, that's a core principle close to your heart and very critical when it comes to disciple making. So important. And I think we're, we're going to unpack it a little bit more next time. That's great. Thanks. Thanks again, Tim. And thanks yeah. for listening, folks. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.